Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're back on Believe in Softball, and I'm Jenna Becerra, your host as usual. With the way of the world these days, it's hard to keep up with everything that's going on. So I hope that this show is an outlet for you and everybody in the softball community, because it certainly has been for me. So with that said, let's go through today's order. First, we'll cover our bases, give you guys some updates on the pro seasons this summer and a bit on college softball. Then we'll head into today's interview, which is with Megan King. And it might say King on her jersey, but she's a queen in the circle and just a good human with great energy. And so I'm excited to share that. And we'll wrap up as usual with the double play tip of the week. So let's get right into it. Covering our bases. So this is us and new SSSA pride. Their season together in pro softball is officially over. And unfortunately it is due to COVID-19. So this is us released a statement saying that because of exposure to COVID-19, they're taking precautions and ending the season early. It was somewhat vague, but it seems like maybe somebody may have tested positive, or if we can't assume that, they may have at least confirmed that they were exposed to somebody who was infected or something. And USSA Pride supported the decision, and really that just kind of continues the theme between these two teams of just being in it together over these last weeks. They're the only two pro teams playing. Now they're not anymore, but they've been in it every step of the way together. They only played five games total, but they had already made a big impact off the field. And This Is Us says that their mission to create awareness, empowerment, and unity in the softball community still remains and that they'll still keep working toward it. But man, just add them to the list of victims of coronavirus in 2020. It reminds me of the XFL, actually, because that spring football league only had five weekends of games because of coronavirus back in February, March. Now here we are, there's another wave in July and summer softball is affected as well. And speaking of summer softball, that's changing things up here, Athletes Unlimited. So they actually announced TV deals with ESPN and CBS Sports to broadcast the games. What's also cool is that there will be new technology that breaks down every aspect of play and incorporates player and fan content into the viewing experience. So you'll see things like individual player scoring, they'll pull in social media on the air, super slow-mo for in-depth analysis, looking at the ball rotation, all of that. All access audio from mics on the players and the umpires. This is something the XFL did as well with the refs and their coach to player communication. And actually, if you want to listen back to the episode we did with the director of football operations, Sam Schwartzstein, he compared Athletes Unlimited to a lot of what the XFL has done. So again, in this case, AU will have 56 softball players. That includes all types, top level Olympians from the US, Mexico, Canada, more, all competing in a new format. And so the teams change. There are captains appointed based on performance, and they do a new draft every week. 
So at the end of it, there's an individual champion that would be crowned. And former guests on this show, like Victoria Hayward from Team Canada, who was the first athlete to sign with them, Daniel O'Toole from Team Mexico, and Kelsey Stewart from Team USA. I mean, these are some of the headliners of the talent that will be there with Athletes Unlimited. And they're supposed to compete from the end of August through September. About 30 games that are on the slate as of now. And ESPN is all about softball and has been a huge part of growth and coverage and demand. So it seems like a great partnership and that it makes a lot of sense between the two to just continue reaching new media heights in the sport. So this is super exciting news, but with COVID cases spiking, I hate to say it, but you know, we could see a similar fate as this is us and new triple SA pride this season. If things don't get better over this next month and it would be really disappointing to lose out on another big softball moment this year. And it's tough when you look at other news that's come out this week. Harvard has canceled fall sports this year. Stanford actually just announced that they're getting rid of 11 varsity sports altogether in their athletic department. And to be honest, I'm still processing both of those pieces of news. They just came out and the Stanford stuff obviously hits particularly home. So lots going on. It can be a little bit exhausting. And so I'll share more with you as that develops further. But the fact that the demand, the investment and the groundwork is still being laid in our sport is an amazing sign for the future. Even if they don't get to play this summer, that being established right now is still valuable to me in the long term. So then if we take a look at NCAA softball, Missouri softball and baseball are now eligible for postseason tournaments in 2021. So the NCAA confirmed that the previous bans that had applied to the 2020 season have now been served. And there was some speculation leading up to this that because the season was cut short and nobody in spring sports got to play a postseason, people weren't sure if it would necessarily count as serving that ban. But the ruling is in, and it does. And head coach Larissa Anderson said she's excited to turn the page and move forward. She said she recognizes that players come to Mizzou to go to the Women's College World Series. And so now they can focus on their goal of, quote, returning to the pinnacle of our sport. And now remember, this is the same coach who said she'd pay for all the players who played through the band to go to the World Series whenever the Tigers went to it next, no matter how long it had been. So she's all in. I think that's clear to see. And in terms of the college softball new circuit, D1 softball is celebrating one year, at least one year on Twitter this past week. And they're just an awesome source for all the news on top-level college softball. I highly recommend it. I think it'll be even better when games come back because you can track the score for every single game in D1 softball that's happening all at once in one place. It's unreal. And they've put out some cool content in the meantime as well. And the previous guest on the show, Rhiannon Potkey, is one of the contributing journalists, and she's fantastic. So I would also recommend listening to her episode for more on what they're doing and how she approaches softball coverage and writing. And speaking of awesome guests, I am thrilled to welcome another one today. So now we'll jump right into the interview. She was an All-American at Florida State, NCAA National Champion with the Seminoles in 2018, 
four-time ACC champion and all-conference pitcher and Puerto Rican national team member, Megan King. Thank you for joining today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course, I'm so excited. And I have to ask, do you watch The Real Housewives of Orange County at all? Or have you heard of it? I have heard of it, but I have not watched it. But my roommate in college loves reality TV. So I've probably seen a few episodes here and there. Um, but no, I, ha- I don't watch it on the regular. Okay. I don't actually watch it that much either. But I don't know if anyone has ever mentioned this to you. But there is somebody on the show named Megan King. Yes. And- I, I remember like when it was cool to Google your name. Um, when you were like in middle school and high school and she would always come up so I like I know that she exists and I know that and there, sometimes we'll, I'll get like tags from my Instagram like them trying to tag her and I'll be like okay wrong Megan <laughs> that's so, so funny. yeah she's also <laughs> blonde but I don't know if she's left-handed like you are but her her ex <laughs> I think on the show like on Real Housewives was Jim Edmonds and he was a baseball player and he's left-handed so I know that there's a little a little correlation there (laughs) yeah a little something something but but this is not a reality show podcast necessarily but I just had to ask (laughs) yes I definitely have heard of her though because I remember the googling the name and being like who is this girl (laughs) so funny I do however speaking of lefties I realize I've had a pattern with guests on this show with lefty pitchers. I know. Um, we, when I was looking at the girls that you had interviewed, I was like, wait a second. O'Toole, Monica. So yes, you do have all the lefties. Yes. And I'm so excited to add you to that. Like, this is great. But I, I feel like I want to ask straight from a lefty too. Like, what is it about lefties, especially pitchers? Like, it feels like this special club. Like, what do you feel like are the advantages or why is it special? Um, I think that I mean, I, when I was growing up, people always told me, oh, you have the natural kind of movement across the zone, which hitter, it's different for hitters, kind of for righties coming into their swing and lefties um, kind of going away from it. So I think that you have the advantage, especially against um, a lefty slapper or a lefty power hitter, just kind of having the ball come from a different um, location. But I definitely think that they're few and far between so I'm glad to be part of the little lefty lefty group for sure actually have you ever had a lefty catcher because I feel like those are are kind of rare have you ever had a lefty lefty thing going on yes I had a lefty catcher in travel ball named Amanda and she was awesome and then I also had um Sydney Broderick caught for me at Florida State and she was lefty so I, I do like the lefty duo. I'm a fan. Um, but yeah, those are two awesome, incredible people and catchers that I've gotten the opportunity to throw to. That's right. So, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Gotta love the lefties, man. I, yeah. I'm a, a right-handed, <laughs> I was a right-handed player, um, but I got to hit a little bit lefty and it's just, it's fun. I don't know. I like the lefties. Yeah. I don't hit lefty though, because my parents were both right-handed, so when they were raising me, like, to be a hitter, they taught me right-handed. So, <laughs> funny, but yeah, me and my brother both hit right-handed, even though we're both lefties and throw lefty. I feel like that does happen, though, like, because parents teach what they know, right? Like, yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I can't imagine, because I know even just, like, giving pitching lessons, it's hard to mimic the right-handed side. Like, I just feel so unathletic doing it. So I can imagine that 
it is different or uh, it was difficult to teach or try to teach from the left-handed side. So that's true. Yeah. That, you know, what's funny. My dad is sort of like that. He writes lefty and eats lefty, but he throws a baseball right-handed and plays guitar right-handed. And that's because my grandpa taught him what he yeah. knew. Like same thing that you're saying. That's it's so crazy. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Cool stuff. <laughs> it is. And I know you mentioned Florida State too, which I mean, what a legacy, right? And I, I saw on your Instagram, might have been on your Twitter too, in your bio, it said, play like a champion, practice like an underdog. And mm-hmm. that actually reminded me of your Florida State journey. But where does that philosophy come from for you? Honestly, I found that quote somewhere, I think somewhere around my freshman year. I, I don't know if I saw it on Twitter or just like on Google or something. And it just kind of stuck with me. And I feel like being an athlete is an absolute grind. And I feel like if you're training and if you're grinding, it's not, you know, you're not the championships in, in sight, but you're not, you know, you're just taking it day by day and just grinding and doing everything you can day by day. So I, um, I don't know. I, I really liked that quote. I, I don't know. It just stuck with me. So, so yeah. Yeah. I like it too. And like I said, it, felt like it was sort of representative of the World Series journey that you had in 2018 with Florida State. And, you know, in college, we talk a lot about the Pac-12 historically, the SEC more and more in the last 10 years. And then here you come along and your team with the first ACC national championship ever. I mean, what's the impact of that? Yeah, I think it's huge. I think playing in college is just the epitome of playing for something so much bigger than yourself. You're representing you know, your university, you're representing your conference. um, And just being able to do that for the ACC and put them on the map was just an ultimate excitement um, to be a part of and to be a part of the first ACC um, championship was just absolutely incredible. So I think that as a whole, I know my coach, Coach O, was just ecstatic to be able to do it for them. So it it was a really cool experience. You've talked about this a lot, I think, since. How do you not? Like, after a national championship. (laughs) But now that you've had, you know, some hindsight, like, you have time where you can look back on it, what do you feel like really came together for you guys to have that kind of success? I think that we just all came together at the right time. You go through the season and you go through ups and downs, and every player is different individually. You know, like, you all have those growing moments and then in postseason you have the opportunity to where are you going to peak as a team and the world series is full of incredible you know it's the best college softball teams you know on the planet and you're you're competing you're grinding it out and everyone deserves to be there everyone um you know has a chance to be any other team but it's going to be who comes together who is going to peak at the right time and I feel like throughout the season every single one of us kind of peaked at the world series and I think it was just it was obviously great timing it was a ton of work put in back when we lost against LSU the year before Um, even just like the alumni who have already graduated just putting us on the map to begin with and you know look to be more of a respected team so I think that there's so much more background that goes into the team and the university than just, you know, a season, if that makes sense. 
Oh, absolutely. Like there are so many building blocks that lead up to yeah. that moment. I think it's important though, that you even recognize that you and your teammates that, you know, there was a path paved before you. And while you've extended that path, um, it's important, you know, to like respect the past and build on the present and keep moving towards the future. So I think that's a great yeah. outlook on it. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, like it was so cool to see so many alumni you know, celebrate that with us because they were such a huge part of that. And it's so cool because Coach does such a great job um, kind of bringing us back and doing these alumni functions. And we've seen the slow pitch era and all of that. And they're just such incredible, you know, pioneers for the sport. And for us to be able to, you know, win that national championship and bring it back to FSU and make them proud. It's so, um, so worth it, I guess, in our hearts, just because we know how much they've sacrificed for us and how much the alumni have came before us and sacrificed. So it was really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, you've mentioned your coaches a little bit too. It's like, they are kind of the, I don't know, establishers of the culture. It comes from the top down in a lot of ways. And with Lonnie Alameda, you know, and she actually was a coach at Stanford way back in the day. We had mm -hmm. Dana Sorensen on this show um, who went to yes. a couple World Series too. And she actually got to play for her at Stanford, which was cool. So I love that connection, obviously, with a little bias. Yeah. But what were some of the biggest lessons that you feel like you learned from her or just anything that you kind of absorbed? She just is really good because she cares about you just as much as a player and developing you as a person. And I just remember she's like the perfect mix of being that parent loving figure, but also being tough. And she creates this atmosphere where you're so, you'd rather like, I don't know, you don't want to disappoint her. So you respect her so much that it's like, she does get angry and it's like, you feel it, it like tugs on your heartstrings, like, because you don't want to disappoint her. Versus someone who just gets mad at you for doing something and you're just like, whatever, like I'll move on with my day. But you're just like, oh God, like it just pulls on your heartstrings. And she's an incredible person and um, just understanding. She has so much wisdom. You could talk to her about struggling with a certain pitch or you could talk to her about struggling in class or relationships or family. And she always has, you know, some kind of wisdom advice. She's just amazing. And um, Snyder and T-Wool also were her two, you know, right-hand men. And they were awesome as well. Just an incredible balance of just being tough, but also being loving. And, you know, I just, I, I could not be more blessed to play for a better coaching staff. That is very fortunate to have, you know, when all the pieces fit like that. And the disappointment thing I can relate to, I feel like as growing up, you know, as we're kids, if our parents said they were disappointed in us, that was almost like more hurtful than if they yeah. were just and mad at us, right? And then, us. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like, yeah, it was almost like parental in that way. It sounds like. I know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. She's awesome though. And then this morning, um, I, the person who I was actually dropping off the cages was Carson Gordon. And we went and watched um, Travis Wilson's son is in town. So he's playing in a baseball tournament here. So we went and watched him uh, this morning. So just like the legacy continues to grow, just like being around their kids, watching them grow up. I mean, it's just, it's awesome to get those opportunities. Super lucky to be able to still have that relationship with them, even though, you know, we're out of the program, graduated through the program. So 
I love that. It really is teammates for life. Like there's nothing really quite like a teammate relationship. Yeah, for sure. And you're from Florida originally, right? Um, I was born and raised in the Southern suburbs of Chicago and then spent the other half of my life in South Florida. So I'm like half in Florida, half in Southern suburbs of Chicago. Nice. That's a good mix. Yeah, for sure. Um, My dad got a job. Well, he got a job when I was around 10 years old in Florida and he was commuting back and forth. And then it was just too hard on the family being so we barely saw him and stuff like that. So then we all decided to move down there, but it was awesome. I loved growing up in South Florida and I loved having the chance to grow up and playing year round in Florida. And, but then I got the chance to do all the indoor stuff when I was up in um, Illinois. So it was awesome to have the best of both worlds. It's very true because I, I'm from California, Southern California, very spoiled with the whole year round softball being so easy, yeah. but yeah, you have, you probably have more perspective, like having done both. Yeah, for sure. And I thought that I wanted to go back because when I was doing my recruiting process, I was like big 10, like, that's where I want to end up. Like, that's it. Like, I want to get back home. And then playing at FSU and being there, I'm just like, God, thank God I did not go play because I was at Notre Dame, like dying of like how cold it was. So I'm glad that I stuck it out and ended up playing in FSU year round, playing in the heat. So, so yeah. It's so easy to just lose your tolerance. Like I, so I'm from California, I about maybe a year or so ago, moved to Connecticut and was like, okay, now I know what cold actually is. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's not just like throw on a sweatshirt. It's like, okay, it's 10 degrees below zero and you can't even feel your limbs. I don't even know. <laughs> so. Exactly. It's a whole process, yeah. like the getting dressed and then getting undressed. And then it's an entire like system I've realized. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's brutal. <laughs> so I'm glad that I stayed in FSU and played year round. For so. sure. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> and you're going to school right now in Florida. Yeah, I am at USF in nursing school and I graduate in December. Oh, that's so, so exciting. So yeah, I'm so excited. And Congrats. yeah, so I started the program as soon as I graduated um, that next fall. So I played for Puerto Rico. I graduated in May, played Puerto Rico, and then I started school in August. And then I've been in school since then. So so yeah, almost a year in nursing. And then I graduated in December. It's definitely a lot with summer just because like the semester is shorter. Um, so it's a lot of information because it's an accelerated program. So it's definitely busy right now. Um, but I'm excited for next semester because it kind of eases up and we are mostly focused on that, the transition period between school and kind of going into the hospital and doing preceptorship and all those transition resume classes, stuff like that. So yeah, so yeah I'm excited to be on kind of like the final lap. It's getting real for sure. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm excited because I am so over school. <laughs> so well, to be fair, I did see you got a lot of academic awards when you were at Florida State too. So you yes. must be pretty good in school. Yeah, yeah, those are some awards that I never imagined myself actually receiving when I was a freshman because I struggled my freshman year um, with classes. I think it was just like balancing everything, um, you know, being a red shirt and like trying to play, but like also going to the not playing, but also going to all the games and traveling and everything. And, um, you know, the social aspect and being away from home and 
it just was different. And I decided to get a dog, not smart, but <laughs> love the little guy. But it was just a lot. And um, I mean, I, I just didn't focus on school as much as I could have. And I remember talking to Coach and sitting down and I'm being like, I'm so lost. Like, what do I do? I, w- I still want to be a nurse. How am I going to get into nursing school? And kind of just, you know, made that a priority and kicked me into gear. And yeah, so when I did get that award um, or a few of those awards, I was like always joking with Coach like, this is one award that I could have never pictured myself winning freshman years. Hey, it's about so, the yeah. blow up. Come on. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> That's great though. I mean, it is a big adjustment to especially freshman year. And even when, even later when you kind of like pick your major and your focus and you're trying to figure it out, like there's a lot of aspects that go into it that aren't like softball related at all. You know, that's part of your everyday life. Yeah. I feel like softball is so overwhelming because um, I know that pitching in travel ball is completely different than pitching in college just because you have to get to know the hitters. You're kind of at the bottom of the totem pole because you're, you know, the, the babies and you have all these experienced players who have been playing learning the game for four years and I, my IQ my softball IQ needed to grow so much um, going into college and so there's there's just a lot on that aspect alone and then you add in everything else and the difference of classes and all these assignments that you're in these classes with 300 people and I mean the professor could care less you know unless you get to know them you know they're not going to go out of their way to be like number 280 like what are you doing not turning in that assignment so you definitely have to make the effort and those are all things that I kind of like learned and matured and grew in you know throughout those four or five years for sure and how did you choose this path to go to nursing like it sounded like you kind of knew early on sort of that you wanted to do this so what's what drew you to that I've always wanted to do nursing I've always wanted to do pediatric oncology So I just wanted to like somehow get into a job where I was around pediatric cancer and I can make my impact. I've always felt drawn to that ever since I was like nine years old is I think when I started to kind of, and then, um, as I got older, I kind of like looked at nursing. I looked at being involved in make a wish foundation, but I felt like nursing, I could make my biggest impact. So I knew like even going into high school, I was like, I want to be a nurse. So when I do my recruiting process, I need to talk to these schools about going into nursing. And I actually got into Maryland's pre-nursing program because I like had committed there. And then by the time I, since I committed to FSU so late, I like wasn't able to get in. So we always joked about going into school. Me and Coach would be on like plan Z when we graduated because I came in like, I need to be a nurse. We got to work this out. Okay freshman year sucked we gotta have a different plan and you know so we just kind of went through there but it it, I mean it is one of those professions that it's really hard there's no possible way that I could have gone to nursing school and was able to meet my you know state mandated clinical hours just with how much travel we do as a whole during season so yeah I can't imagine looking back on it now because you have those 12-hour shifts that are on certain days you know and God forbid one of those is a Friday and then you're missing, you know, four Fridays. And I mean, we can barely miss one clinical day, you know, in this program that I'm in now. So, but everything happens for a reason. And I am glad that this is my path and I love USF. Um, I love being in St. Pete. So I'm happy the way everything worked out for sure. 
and it is, it is tough. Like it's not possible to do, it's not physically possible to do both. Like you're saying, like if yeah. you ever have played softball in school while doing all that stuff. I mean, a lot of students though today, of course they, they have jobs and, and, and other things that they're doing that they're involved in, but for us and, and girls that are entering college, like it, that is going to be softball. I mean, you can try to do as much as you can otherwise, but even in general, I feel like I see all these memes where it's like college, like there's three big things, social life, good grades, sleep, like pick two because you can't, yeah, you just can't, you can't do, it, do all. it all. <laughs> I know. And I have like serious FOMO, like fear of missing out. So I struggled with trying to pick and choose and I have a problem where I just can't say no. So definitely learning that still to this day. Um, I've just kind of like, this is smart, Megan you need this and let's be mature. Come on. So, so yeah, so I'm just kind of growing in that aspect still, but, but I'm grateful for sure for everything. I think that's a lifelong thing though. I mean, we're always like the, I feel like it helps when you realize as we get older, you know, that, oh, I'm always going to be learning. Like I'm never going to really have it figured out, you know, it might get easier, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I totally agree with that. But I can also see myself being like, team mom but also having to do my nursing shifts and then balancing the kids and I'm like okay Megan this is like something that you learned in college that you should have really implemented in your adult life so well at least you have that to fall back on yeah exactly (laughs) how has it been actually kind of doing more things off the field like you have shifted focus to nursing like people I think don't realize the difficulty or I guess maybe the nuances that go into transitioning from softball. Not that you have to drop softball completely, but just kind of if you have a different career, how to like go into that coming off the field. It's not that easy. I think that I was extremely blessed because I felt like God gave me this passion for softball and then God gave me this passion for nursing. So when I transitioned from softball to nursing school, it wasn't that heavy on me because I was so excited about what was the future was to hold in that area. And I mean, I'm blessed with the opportunity to continue to be able to have moments and opportunities to play for Puerto Rico. So I can still play, um, which is incredible. And I'll have to, you know, figure that out when my nursing stuff, when I finish school, because that's just my number one focus right now but I was able to have something that I'm like, okay, this is something that I was so passionate about and I'm so proud of my career and I'm so proud of everything that I accomplished, but I'm also so proud to see what the future holds and how many lives I can impact through nursing. So I was, I just can't thank God enough for giving me that because I've seen so many of my friends struggle, even who didn't play sports. Like, okay, now I'm through college. What the heck do I have like in store for me? So. I felt like that was a really easy transition. I don't know how um, finishing school and going into the workplace will be. I feel like it will be okay because I am so excited to, you know, do all that stuff. And I still give lessons and I still have those connections to softball. So I feel like I'm not fully out of the game yet. Um, But it was definitely a pretty easy transition to say the least. That's great. Honestly, you really are. And it's great that you recognize this. It's such a blessing when 
you do find something or know that something is just as important to you as softball? Because I think that's what the struggle is. It's like, what else am I this passionate about, right? Like, it's because yeah. if you have so much love for softball, how do you find something else to do? And so that's yeah, so exactly. lucky for you. But but it comes down to, I think, like knowing what your why is. Like you just said, you want to impact lives. I mean, especially with pediatric oncology, like that's that's a big deal. And And so knowing, having that why, and you just know and that purpose, like that's huge. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely excited. And I feel like I've kind of gotten a taste of it because I got extremely close with Hayden, who we adopted through Friends of Jacqueline. And she kind of, you know, just like even made me more passionate about it. I definitely am excited just to, you know, get not rush through the rest of nursing school, but I'm excited for what the future has for me, for sure. That's amazing. I feel like it's an interesting time to be in nursing or in healthcare in general too, just with the pandemic and like everything else that's going on. And then you're in Florida and, and we, you know, see all over the news, all the spring breakers, like flooding the beaches. I How know. happen to just witness and be around? Um, I mean, I haven't seen much. I, so I went home for spring break and I pretty much was on lockdown with my family, which was awesome because I have not lived in the same house with my siblings for the last six years. So having us all be home, my parents were extremely strict about us leaving and stuff like that. So we were probably in the house for six straight weeks with, we didn't even get takeout food. Like <laughs> we were locked down. I was blessed because I have a pool and we made our home, our home, um, like made gym or whatever. So no complaints on that. Um, and then once like those phases started to open up, that's when I moved back to St. Pete, hoping to get in the hospital for clinicals which actually the new influx of patients, um, they canceled our clinicals. So we are put on hold again. Um, but so that's definitely tough. Um, but I know that that's the best because I mean, all the staff's just trying to do is keep the numbers down and keep everyone as healthy as possible. So I wish that I was out there and that I could help, but I know that, you know, God's timing's perfect. So when it's going to be my chance, it'll be my chance. So I'm just trying to learn as much as I can now and just stay as safe as possible. There's a lot to learn throughout this whole process for all of us, yeah. let alone if you're kind of in the healthcare world. Yeah. So, I mean, if you can kind of help navigate this, I think you'll be in good shape for anything else yeah. that comes later. I think it's awesome just to have the opportunity to learn from everyone right now and just keep practicing those you know, those safety policies, um, you know, hand-washing masks, social distancing, stuff like that. So it's just kind of being a good representation, I guess, for, you know, future healthcare professionals. So just trying my best and doing that. That's all you can do. Because you still do compete with Puerto Rico, it's also an interesting time just to try to stay in shape. Like you mentioned, like an at-home gym, like, you know, everyone's kind of trying to be scrappy and figure it out. Um, but you, how long have you been representing Puerto Rico? It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, I've been representing them since 2015. So for the last five years, I've been representing them. It's been absolutely amazing. I couldn't think of a more incredible group of people to represent. Um, just the country in general, the island in general is just an amazing place. I remember literally getting there for the first time and all the emotions just hitting me because you represent, like, again, it's, you're representing so something so much bigger than yourself. And I remember calling my teammates and just being like, oh my God, guys, like, I love you, <laughs> like, Miss Island. So, so yeah, it was awesome. But I love playing for them. And 
they're actually trying to get a league together this summer and just like maybe go for a few pickup games. So um, I've talked to a few of my teammates about possibly doing that. Just have to be mindful of Corona and stuff like that, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Well, any opportunity to play, I'm sure everybody, you know, is chomping at the bit for that. (laughs) No, exactly. Exactly. So we're just trying to figure that out right now. That's kind of where we're at in regards to that. And not everybody knows how the rules work or basically how it works to represent different countries. Um, Like if you grew up in a different one, like since you grew up in the States um, and went to, you know, the usual NCAA route that a lot of us do here and you're representing Puerto Rico now. So can you just share more so that everyone understands like what your connection is to Puerto Rico beyond just being on the softball team? Yeah. So when I was um, a freshman, I redshirted and um, coach really wanted me to get, pick up some pitching time in the summer going into my redshirt freshman year and Puerto Rico was looking for pitchers and they asked coach about Lacey and JB and she was like no like they're resting but like I have a freshman who hasn't thrown at all and they were like all right like we just need pitching and when you're um just playing like those like little world tournaments which isn't worlds but like you're playing in the USA cup or the Canada cup or you can represent any country because there's no kind of restrictions on it but when you get to like the Olympic games, so like Worlds or Pan Ams or Central American or the Olympics, they have those rules. And each country has their own rules. Like some countries are really strict. Like New Zealand, you have to like be born there, have a passport or live there for like a certain number of years. But like Puerto Rico or Mexico, um, you just have to have, you know, one grandparent from there. Um, and although I do not have grandparents from Puerto Rico, I was representing them more than three years and I was playing for them when the Olympics weren't even in the question. So I think that's kind of how I got around it because um, the Olympic rule is that you ha- it's a territory of the United States. So the passports are the same, so you're fine. But the Puerto Rican Federation has a rule that you either have to marry in or be like grandfathered in by a three year representing them because they obviously just don't want, they still want to keep the culture in the team. So I was able to play for them and I'm, very grateful. Yeah. And it sounds like from just what you said, even like you calling your team about talking about the Island and all that, like that the culture is really cool. And obviously there are other, you know, pitchers and some of the NCAA stars we've seen like Taryn Alvello, Alicia Ocasio have represented Puerto Rico too. So what is the team dynamic like given that it's kind of a blend? Literally, I have goosebumps thinking about it because pitching on like, so especially the POs because Lily is a baller and hits, does her thing. And me, comment, Taryn do not hit at all. So, but like, amazing. I cannot think of a better group to pitch with. And you think like, oh, these are like one of like the one or two punches, like from all of their teams like isn't that stressful are you guys competing for a spot like are you like oh shoot like I hope she fails so she can get in you know like you think we've gotten that so much and we have such a good dynamic that it's like at the point where it's just like you have so much fun playing for Puerto Rico just playing for each other playing for the teammates that you're just like take the ball I'm having a rough day today you got it girl so honestly like I cannot think of a better group to pitch with honestly Taryn comma Lily Carla they're just so such incredible people 
and they couldn't be more selfless teammates. So yeah, so literally the best people ever. I have goosebumps thinking about it. Me and uh, Carson were just talking about how we need to get the whole team together and, um, you know, like meet up in an Airbnb or something because we just have so much fun playing together in all these different, you know, experiences and countries. So it's awesome stuff. That's really special. And I would say like almost congrats or like kudos to you guys because that culture in general on a team, you have to build that together. So, and you have to make that conscious decision to do that. So if all of you have done that and are on the same page, like that's a big deal. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's so crazy because I don't, they're such good people that it wasn't even a second thought. Like it wasn't even a thought. It just happened. Like there was no like struggle. It was like, they just joined and they were just incredible selfless teammates. And it was so much fun competing with them. So, so yeah, they're just such good people. Everyone who plays on the team is such a good person that it makes it so much, so easy to play like for each other and be representing something so much bigger than ourselves. So the growth of the sport internationally. I mean, in 2015, I think Puerto Rico got a bronze in the Pan Am games and it was like the first medal in like a really long time. Um, were you yeah. on that team? No. So that was like my first summer playing. So it was like, I played in the USA cup with them, the Canada cup with the women's team. And then when the women's team went to Pan Ams, I wasn't on the roster fast enough, so I couldn't play with them. And then I played with the junior team in worlds that year. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I, yeah, but I was so jealous because I saw their like posts on social media and I was like, wait, I wish I was there. That looks so much fun. But I was able to go to Pan Ams with them this past year in 2019 and we won bronze again then. And it was awesome. So cool. Such a cool experience. So it yeah. is. I'm, well, I'm saying it is. It seems like it. <laughs> like you're the one that knows, not me. But, you know, just as somebody who's part of the softball community, seeing this kind of growth, not we talk about growth even just within the US and different conferences, like, oh, here's the ACC, you know, you guys won a national championship. Awesome. But it's, it's internationally too. And because, like you said before, we haven't had the Olympics in so long, like some of that may have kind of plateaued a bit. But not really, because you guys were all still working hard. And like you said, with or without the Olympics, like you're trying to grow this sport. And I think Puerto Rico is a good example. You know, Mexico is a good example of how that's starting to happen more and more with softball. Yeah, absolutely. I like there's so many incredible women doing so many incredible things for this sport. And it's so cool. I really want to give a shout out to one of my best friends who played at Oregon, who's kind of been one of the in-player founders of that new league. Um, That's kind of the new pro league that's going on. And just to hear her stories and her, you know, communicate with all these amazing um, softball leaders. I think it was like Jade Rhodes, Haley Wagner, and Victoria Hayward, just what they're doing for the sport, all the girls playing internationally, using their platform, you know, Haley McClenny, Kat, Monica, all of them just doing an incredible job, just, and everything that's going on with Scrapyard right now, like, just such strong, incredible women, and I'm just so grateful just to be just a part of, you know, playing softball with all these strong, incredible women. So proud of just where this sport has come from and where it's going with all these, you know, incredible pioneers leading the way. I couldn't agree more. And with Athletes Unlimited, Victoria Hayward actually came on the show and she got to talk about it a bit, um, which was really exciting. And 
I, I agree with you that the growth of softball in so many different ways, like it, we don't ha just have to use the same traditional avenues and that's off the field too, to your point, just athletes using their voice and seeing the community rally together has been something that's, it's just really great, especially in such a rough time of the world, honestly. Yes, hundred percent. They have literally brought so much light and positivity and strength like through these times and it's just so cool to just be a part of someone something so much bigger so I'm just so proud of the incredible women that are just absolutely pioneering this sport well I would put you in that bucket too so <laughs> you may be humble but I will, I will go ahead and do that for you <laughs> well one more question about Puerto Rico I would say if you could describe Puerto Rico softball in three words what would they be um selfless uh driven just I don't know I want to use fun and I know that's such a lame term but we have so much fun playing together whether it's like blasting the music hanging off off the field just playing together as a team because softball is so stressful sometimes and it can be so much but when you're playing for those girls it literally takes like it's like you're playing your younger self again and I don't know if that's because it's international and you're away from all the stress of being a college softball player and whatnot but it is just so much fun playing for that island I mean I I could not thank God enough because I remember getting the opportunity and I was like what no like I don't speak Spanish I'm not Puerto Rican like how am I going to fit in with these girls and they completely took my gringa self under their wing and now these girls uh, who I literally had to learn a Spanish bullpen my first year can speak to me in fluent English because they have grown to speak English so good. So, I mean, just awesome, awesome people. So much fun to play with. They're so selfless. They just want to do everything they can to represent their country, their island in the best way possible, which makes people like me just want to do everything they can to represent them because they are just such incredible people. And, um, I mean, just the driven aspect, again, literally working their absolute tails off in their off season to then come into a summer and just blend as a team who all are on different teams, but come blend together and just grind out one game at a time. So just super, super grateful for that opportunity. I love that. I love that. Selfless, driven, and fun. That's a good combo. Yes. You're right. I know. <laughs> Yeah. You've mentioned too a few times in our conversation, and I see it on social media too. You talk about your faith, mm -hmm. and how do you feel like that shapes you as an athlete, as a nurse, just overall? It's everything to me. I think that I definitely still have far to go, but I feel like I've grown. My parents were the most incredible people growing up. I grew up in a Catholic church. My mom was the type of mom that if we were distracted at church. She wanted to give us a tablet or whatever, her phone. Like we were there reading like the children's Bible books, like with pictures. Like she was awesome. They raised us in such a faith um, foundation home. And, you know, you get to travel softball and you don't go to church as much. And you're just kind of like, it's not because you're, you want to be pulled away, but you just kind of just drift. And when I got to college, I had the opportunity to meet an incredible group of girls that, you know, I started to go to this non-denominational Christian church and just, you know, like 
I was saved. I like kind of reborn, I guess, again. And, um, you know, I had the opportunity to really grow a relationship with him and I've learned so much about myself. Um, I've, you know, it's, it takes the pressure of life off. It's definitely a grind. Like, you know, you're so frustrated at the hard moments, but you know that everything's for a bigger purpose. And I'm glad that, I mean, I guess, and I talk, I've talked to Sydney Romero a lot about that, but we kind of have those similar Bible verses about, you know, be a light and like, let Jesus's light shine through you. And, um, she's done an amazing job of that. I mean, she's just an absolute light to this world, but, um, yeah, that's just like all I want to be. And I never want to be the person that's going to be overbearing and uncomfortable to talk about it with, but just kind of being that non-judgmental ear and just, you know, just hoping that they can see that through me to the point where that sparks a conversation, if that makes sense. On a human to human level. And then yeah, it, that ends up really filtering through though to every other role that you play in life again whether it's a nurse a pitcher or whatever it is you've mentioned it throughout this conversation it kind of bleeds into everything and your mindset yeah how you look at the world for sure sorry my sister just walked out of the batting cages because she's here so she said hi to me oh that's okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah I love it I'll wrap with a little game called safer out and I do this with every guest okay Basically, it's fun. It's just no pressure. <laughs> I, Don't worry. It's not okay. nothing scary. Um, but I'll just I bring some- run the bases and save my life. So <laughs> that's okay. Well, you're getting the outs, right? Okay. Like you're getting the outs on the mound. That's that's okay. your job. <laughs> uh, but basically, I'll just bring something up that's related to softball, and I'll ask you safer out. So if you agree with it or you like it, you'll call it safe. Uh, if you okay. don't agree with it or you don't like it, you'll say it's out. Does that make sense? Okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. So face masks for pitchers wearing it on the mound. Safe or Absolute, out? Absolutely safe. Yep. Was a big component, but then I got hit in the face by Savannah Jankwish. So big safe on that one for sure. Yeah. That'll that'll change your mind. That's <laughs> yeah, that's that what's gonna will, do. It. That will change your mind. You'll feel like a badass until you get hit in the face and then you're like, all right, never again. So definitely safe. Okay. Makes sense. <laughs> And then one more that I tend to ask pitchers, because I'm always curious, bat flips, safer out? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm like safe and out. I, I've, I've, I don't know. I, because on one hand, I'm like, you earned it, show off. But on the other hand, I'm like, act like you've been there before. So I don't know. I feel very torn torn between that one because we've had a lot of discussions about it Florida State as a whole is definitely out on that that's just how we how we run things there but I've also seen some badass home runs that I'm like okay also I don't want to get bat flipped on so as a pitcher but I also if I'm gonna throw a fatty down the middle and get bat flipped I deserved it so I don't know, very in the middle with that one. That could be a whole conversation for sure. But I think I'd want to get, I'd want to hear more hitters' opinions on it just because then I could like gain an understanding because I don't hit enough home runs that I've ever bat flipped. So (laughs) I feel like I don't have a good say on that one, but yeah. I think that's fair though. Like your explanation overall is fair. Uh, And I feel like a lot of pitchers have said that too, where it's like, well, I shouldn't like throw one over the plate. 
but also <laughs> like, and people have reacted differently. Like Danielle Laurie was like, well, they should expect a one to the ribs in their next at bat, you know, like, cause she, that's just like her personality. Well, she's a badass. So <laughs> I love that for her because I wouldn't want a bat flip against Danielle Laurie. I don't think I'd want a bat flip against any of those pitchers. So, Agreed. but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's amazing. I love her. She's an absolute, she's a pioneer for this sport. She's a mom, badass, going to the Olympics. She's awesome and a great person. So, yeah, actually, you, you said it earlier, like when you think about later in life, how to balance motherhood and all that stuff, I'd hit her up because she's yeah, got no, seriously. Out. She, she's got it figured out. She is awesome. <laughs> well, so are you, Megan. And thank you again thank you. for joining. This was really, really fun. I hope you enjoyed yeah. it too. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity for sure. It's awesome to chat with people and players like Megan who have touched greatness and learn about what got them there and who are just kind. But a big part of it is that the team unit that they're part of is solid. And that's why in so many post-game interviews, even Megan's interview today, you hear these star players giving credit to their teammates. And that's because every single one matters. So this week's double play tip is about the bench and how to make the most of it. And of course you want to play. I mean, nobody wants to ride the bench, obviously, but there are ways to make sure that you do it right. You know, Coach Tar from Washington says, how you do anything is how you do everything. And at Stanford, our team always strive to have what we called an all-American bench. So physically, the way to do this is be engaged. Make your presence known and valuable by physically putting yourself front and center in the dugout. Literally, you're standing up, you're not sitting down, you're on the fence watching every single pitch. Just that visual presence alone brings a perception that you're invested in the game and it's contagious. And you can also bring that value along with that presence by using your voice while you do it verbally cheer on your teammates and you can do the actual coordinated sing-songy cheers that you know everyone in softball knows and loves or even just yelling out words of encouragement it's as simple as hey you got this and encouraging your teammates these are things that coaches look at if you're engaged and you show it you're way more likely to get an opportunity to get off the bench and get into the game and the same can be said when you're trying to be recruited to college in the first place you better believe coaches are paying close attention to how you carry yourself. And I've said this before, and I will continue to, that visibility creates opportunity. And mentally, it's about doing the next right thing. And there's a couple big ways to do this. You can do this to make the team better. That means you can communicate things you see from the competition, pitches and spins, the strength of their arms, the speed of their runners, etc. I mean, Look at these things and communicate to your teammates and your coaches what you see. Help them out. And you can be strategic like that, but you can also do that just in the moment too. So for example, if your team's out on defense and there's a runner on first base, you're in the dugout, you have eagle eyes on that runner. And if they take off to try and steal, you're screaming, going as loud as you can to give your catcher and your defense a heads up. And even just err on the side of communicating. You'd rather call going when they're not than the other way around. You might even pick some signs or notice something your team can take advantage of. Like let's say the middle infield isn't good about covering second base at all times like they should. Maybe there's a moment where someone on your team can take an extra base 
And it's because you noticed that and told her about it. There are plenty of ways to help the team succeed. But you can also do the next right thing to make you better. And in the game itself, if you pay attention to each at bat, get your timing on the pitcher, even from the dugout, ask your teammates what they're seeing up there, then you're already ready. If you're called on to pinch hit, you don't have to get ready because you stayed ready. You can also think about getting better in the future or longer term, and you plan ahead to get extra practice in. I used to get to practice an hour early to hit and get extra tee work and even dry swings in. The key is consistency and factoring in the work you need to do to get you into that lineup. It's just about making the most of each moment, really. Coaches also see this, and that ultimately helps you make the most of each opportunity and maybe even create more opportunities for yourself. And your teammates, they also see this, and they'll respect you for it. And you can ask both your coaches and teammates for feedback, help, anything, and they'll be super motivated to help you because when they see you working, it makes them want to work too. So yes, if you're frustrated about being on the bench, keep that fire. Use it to motivate you to take initiative and always with the goal of bringing value because the stronger each link is, the stronger the chain. So that's the physical and mental side of the bench. Be engaged and do the next right thing. That's the double play tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball, available everywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, and Believe.com. Subscribe to Believe in Softball. Share, rate, and review the show if you can on whatever platform you use to listen as well. I would love that, and I would love to know more about what you want to see and what you like. As always, hit me up on Twitter at JennaBecerra01 and Instagram at JennaBecerra. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you, and I'll catch you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.